Hi, welcome to Conspiracies and Crimes, Episode 3. My name is Rachel. And I am Daryl. And today we're going to bring you two more stories of conspiracy and crime. Mine will be on John Dillinger and was he or was he not killed by the FBI at the Biograph Theater. And I'm going to talk about the murder of Claudine Blanchard. You'll know her by Dee Dee Blanchard, Gypsy Rose's mother. Um, but we're going to talk about Gypsy Rose's boyfriend, most of, most importantly, um, Nicholas Go- Gojohn. Now, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay, great. So, John Herbert Dillinger was born June 22nd, 1903. To his parents, John Wilson Dillinger. Now keep that name in mind because that's going to come up later in the story. Okay. And to his mother, Mary Ellen Lancaster. He was a very troubled teen. He got into a lot of fights. He dropped out of high school. In 1922, he was arrested for auto theft. Um, He kind of got out of that by joining the Navy. He joined the Navy in 1923, but he deserted shortly thereafter. So in 1922, he's just going around stealing vehicles? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, that was funny he was at least 19 he was a little I just older. didn't know that they knew how to do that then <laughs> didn't they just invent a vehicle or something yeah that means they were easier to steal oh I got it okay <laughs> um, once he deserted for the Navy he returned home and he got married the Navy did dishonorably discharge him later on oh. so he wasn't wanted for desertion or anything he just couldn't find his purpose huh Cannot find his purpose. Well, his purpose apparently was robbing banks. Oh. But at this time, he couldn't find a job, so he robbed a store. Now, nobody was killed in this in this first robbery he did. A man was assaulted. He did hit a man in the head with a, uh, a metal bolt and knocked him around, but he did not kill him. His father was a, a deacon with the church and convinced John to confess to his crimes and perhaps get a lenient, more lenient sentence. So without the advice of an attorney, John did um, confess. Instead of this lenient sentence he thought he was going to get, he ended up getting 10 to 20 years in prison, which oh, was... That's pretty steep. Pretty steep. He uh, He went to prison from 1924 to 1933. He was released May 10th after serving like nine and a half years for this robbery. He was released in the heart of the Great Depression. So there weren't a lot of jobs, there wasn't a lot to do. So he went to what he learned how to do in prison was rob banks. So he went on a bank robbing spree. He was captured, but he but he broke out of jail in October 12, 1933. And one of his uh, accomplices in this escape killed a guard. So he ended up robbing several more banks. He was captured again on January 25th, 1934 in Arizona. And was, um, what's that word? Extradited. Extradited. <laughs> I, yeah. Not... Extradited back to Indiana. Um, he was a folk hero at this time. During the movies, they would play these newsreel footages, and John Dillinger's bank robberies were all over the newsreels. He was kind of a Robin Hood figure. So he was given back to the community? Eh, no, not so much given back, but he was robbing from the rich. 
he wasn't given to the poor, but he was portrayed as this big bad guy that everyone oh, loved him. Okay. He's a very charismatic individual. Uh, okay. Um, he escaped from the Crown Point Jail on March 3rd, 1934. Now, the significance of this is, is that this was a very... His capture this time had made all the newsreels and it was a, a huge deal and he was posing with the police and just coming off as just this wise guy and when he escaped this time, he took the sheriff's car and drove it across state lines. Oh. Which, unfortunately for him, got the FBI involved. Which, they weren't the FBI at the time, but for the sake of it being easily, more easily understood, we'll just continue to call them the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Um, they were, at the time, in charge by uh, J. Edgar Hoover. Hoover himself was trying to build the FBI up and get this, get his own political clout stronger. He, uh, really hungry for power. His, Me too. his later exploits in life, he had dirt on politicians and, and movie stars and basically everybody. So the whole federal government ended up being quite afraid of the information that he knew about people because he took Stock on everyone. So this is like his stepping stone, trying to make a name for himself. This is where it all started. This is this got him, got him going. Okay. Well, his agents got notification that the Dillinger gang was going to be at this little Bohemia Lodge in April of nineteen thirty-four. His agents went there, loaded for bear. They had surrounded the place, guns out. This car comes up to them. They tell the car to stop, and they just shoot it up. They didn't, does the car stop, or does it keep going? It stops once they get shot up. The guys in the car, two of them survived. One did not. The driver did not stop. They said that they never heard him because the radio was oh, up too I loud. See. Okay. And it was very dark, so they couldn't see anyone. They they until the gunshot started. They didn't know anybody well, was even there. They probably whispered, "Stop the car." <laughs> Well, they were quite intimidated by the Dillinger gang at this point, so they were probably screaming. So they just open fire on anybody? Just, they just don't care? Just open fire. Okay, so nothing's changed. Now, this, <laughs> this caused a huge problem for Hoover because politicians were saying, you know, the FBI agents are just a bunch of big gun-toting maniacs and they're right. off killing people. Sounds about right. And <laughs> they wanted to disband the FBI. Hoover did not want this to happen. Of course not. And it didn't happen. The sad So what he wanted was the agent Melvin Purvis, who was in charge of this manhunt for Dillinger, to capture him. Dead or alive. Wanted him captured. Okay. Preferably dead. Oh. So. Well, at least they've changed one thing. Now they prefer to have you alive because they don't want the public outcry. Well, there was public outcry this time. It was just quickly squashed because in after this incident, Dillinger was at the at the lodge, but he wasn't one of the people of the car. They never even saw him at this time, but he escaped and went to Chicago. Um, it was reported, even by him, that he had plastic surgery at this time. Okay. 
when to try to change his appearance was trying to fly under the radar. Okay, because he's getting older now, you know, and he's getting better <laughs> at his crimes, and maybe he wants to be a mafia boss. He knows he's He knows he's wanted. Okay. <laughs> he was 31 years old at this time, so he wasn't crazy old, but he was trying to hide his identity. In Chicago, this madam named Anna Capanis, I can't pronounce her name correctly, who has ended up being the infamous lady in red, she went to the police department there and said that one of her girls had been teaming up with a John named John Dillinger. Okay. It was him. Was it really him? It was him, she said. She said she was, was she was looking to be deported. They were gonna. They, she was in the. Oh, okay. So she was trying to trade some information to keep herself in the country. Okay. I see. I mean, <clears throat> so she said that she she agreed that she would set him up. They were going to go to the movies. They weren't sure which one. There was only two theaters that they were going to be able to go. Don't to. tell me they went and shot up both of the theaters. No, just okay. one. Okay. Oh, just one. <laughs> oh man. But we'll get to that. Um. She would wear this orange dress that looked red in the streetlights. That's how she got the name Lady in Red. It was actually orange. She, um, when she came out, she would signal to them and they would come and capture Dillinger. Okay. Or so she thought. So the movie ended. They came out. Um, it wasn't much of a capture. It was more of an execution. They shot him down in the street. Oh. Some reports are that he had a weapon. Some reports are he did not have a weapon. The first thing Purvis told the um, the uh, news reporters that were there was that, boy, his uh, plastic surgeon sure did a good job of on his face. He said that to a news reporter? Yes. Because huh. the body didn't quite look like John what everyone thought John Dillinger looked like. And even Dillinger himself said that the plastic surgeons didn't do a good job. He still looked exactly the same. There was no big change in his face. He supposedly had some moles removed and his chin shaved. But I don't know how good plastic surgeons were in 1934. But So was he saying that to the news reporters to like throw them off so they didn't get suspicious? He was saying that to his friends. It, but you just, but, but you Purvis, something. no, Dillinger said it to his friends. Purvis oh, said it I to see. the news reporter. But that's what I'm talking about. Was Purvis saying that to... Yeah, because it was immediately obvious that the person oh, okay. that they so shot... okay, so he didn't want it to be known as the wrong person. And, you know, he's back to square one. No. The body was sent to uh, a pathologist. Now, she, two of them agreed that the that the body could... It, could, it wasn't Don Dillinger. Oh. Um... For the problems was it was that the eye color wasn't right. Um, Dillinger was known to have blue eyes, and this man's eyes were not blue; they were brown. Oh, so I don't know if your eye color changes after you die, but I have no idea. I don't think so. Um, no bot, no fingerprints were taken of the body because the pathologist said that the fingerprints weren't a match. This came up a lot later on. Well, if he didn't take the fingerprints of the body, how would he know if they're a match? Well, the fingerprints that were given to the FBI were from the Chicago Police Department. Okay. And they said, and Purvis just signed off that those were FBI fingerprints and not 
and that they were taken from the body, but they weren't they weren't taken from the body at all. They were provided from the Chicago Police Department. Oh. Mm-hmm. But how would the pathologist know if they matched or not? Because the pathologist saw the fingerprint card. But if he didn't take fingerprints. Did he not take fingerprints? Well, you said he didn't. There were no fingerprints on file with the... With the pathologist. With the pathologist report, which the pathologist report disappeared too. And it was only discovered later on in the 1980s when one of the uh, places was being renovated. They found it in a book, the the original pathology report. Oh, wow. Okay. So this wasn't known until years and years later. Um, Purvis himself had to report directly to... J. Edgar Hoover, because J. Edgar Hoover, he's a micromanager. He, he published all the reports. Anything, anything that was said to the press had to come from Hoover. But that took twenty hours for him to tell him what had actually happened. Oh wow! Um, his report was delivered by hand, but that report unfortunately no longer exists in the FBI Freedom of Information Act. Weird request. It's just gone. It just it's disappeared. Gone. That, that, it's probably there somewhere, and somebody's just. We have to wait till that good person comes out and says, "Oh, here it is. I it, found it." It was later discovered that the body did not have scars or bullet wounds that Dillinger was known to have because he oh. had been shot previously in some of these robbery attempts. Anna herself, the Madam Lady in Red, she mm-hmm. was immediately deported. Oh, she was gone, so she could her her story was. Nowhere to be found. So she offered the FBI this information in lieu of not deporting her. And as soon as this happened, they deported her. Immediately, yeah. She was gone. Do we know if there was an actual agreement made? She never was She never was able to give a report. Oh, wow. She vanished. And they made sure. Huh? Banished. Did she vanish when she went, went to her other country or she just vanished from here? They said she know. was deported. Well, oh, they don't... said she was deported. We don't know for sure. Oh. Uh, three days later, on July 25th, 5,000 people showed up at Crown Hill Cemetery to see Dillinger laid to rest. His body was encased <clears throat> in several tons of concrete. Why? Uh, grave robbery. It was a thing back then to go dig up. Why? Famous people to have their stuff. Oh. People, after he was shot, people were dipping handkerchiefs in his blood to say that Ew. they had Yeah, it was pretty gross. He was that big of a deal? Yeah, it was that big of a deal. But he was buried only three days later. And now here's the kicker. His tombstone says John Dillinger Jr. Okay. He never went by Jr. Oh. His father's name, as we previously stated, was John Wilson Dillinger. His name was John Herbert Dillinger, so he was not... A junior. I see. At all. Fast forward to 2019. The History Channel guess, has heard of this conspiracy, this, this controversy. So they want to back the families exhuming the body. So they got with his nephew and his great nephew. And they got a permit to exhume the body. Okay. Because they want to do DNA testing to see is this... Or is this not John Dillinger? Right. The cemetery fought it and went to the Marion County Superior Court 
they agreed and they blocked the exhumation. Said that they're the not, cemetery blocked it? The cemetery went to the Superior Court and the Superior Court blocked it. In 2019? 2019. Well, I'm sure the family um, appealed that, right? The family at that point um, let the time limit for appeals expire. History Channel walked away. The family walked away. And that's it? That's it. There's nothing more. There's nothing more. That's really weird. The story just... Just vanished. Just stopped right there. It doesn't say vanished. It just stopped. Well, no, that's my word. Just the vanished. cemetery was saying that it was... The fact that the body was entombed in concrete, it was going to be a big disruption to the cemetery, so they didn't want that. They could have moved him to a place to... They didn't want that. I don't understand how that happened. That they just, and then everybody just walked away. Like, yeah, we'll go get it. Well, I hope one day that somebody will find out the truth. I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter now, but. But if it came out that it wasn't him, it'd be quite the black eye for the FBI. They already have plenty of black eyes. It, I, it doesn't. I know, but. What what black eye could? It, it, it wouldn't hurt. They need to knock that off. If that's why they went silent on it, stop it. That's stupid. We why? already we don't trust we don't trust the FBI. We don't trust the government. There's just so much all the time coming out. Well, they did this and they did that. If they'd stop hiding stuff and just come out and say, "Oh, we fucked up. Our bad. We all fuck up. This is what we're doing to fix it." That would be a whole nother story. But our government agencies, right down to cities, states, federal, yeah. But they don't want it to be that. And that's and that's the problem. And that's why they're not trustworthy. That that right there. It it is it is a that's a problem. And maybe it's nothing. Maybe the family just decided you're right. We don't want to. It could it could be. I I hope that is what it is. I hope that the family was just like you know what, we're just gonna let sleeping dogs lie. I hope that is what it is because if it was really. The government stepping in, although it's really, really weird and suspect that the... It is very suspect. That the cemetery... (laughs) I've never heard of something like that. That the cemetery... I've heard of families blocking it, police agencies blocking it, but never a cemetery. cemetery petitioned the Superior Court. That's that's crazy to me. Wow. Well, thank you. Wow. I have to to look into that. Maybe go down a... Wow. It's it's quite the old story, but it's still right. Makes you go, hmm. Is that how things were? Right. Is that how, that how things still are? Hmm. Has time really changed that much? No, it doesn't sound like they have it all. That's the FBI for you. Right. Wow. I'm sure we'll have more stories later on about Mr. Hoover and some of the stuff that he's did. Oh. Jay Edgar's quite the uh, quite the character. Controversial individual. Hmm. Yeah, they all still are out there. <laughs> but he, he was the grandfather of government conspiracy boy. Oh, he's got some stories, and you'll, <laughs> you guys will hear them. We're going to hear them all. All right, awesome. All right, you ready for mine? Yes, ma'am. What do you oh, got for Oh, but before we go any further, I don't think, I don't remember if we did give Jade a shout out at the beginning. Um, but Jade Beatrice is on his way to Las Vegas. Um, so we just want to give him a shout out. That's um, Daryl's nephew. Um, drive safe. And, and get here soon, sir. Get here soon. We'll probably see you tomorrow afternoon, though, because I know it's a really hard drive, and I think they're stopping here very soon. 
All right. You ready for my story? I am ready. Let's hear it. All right. Trigger warning. I have unpopular opinions that do always go against the norm. Oh, I do, do not care. They are my opinions, and I will not change them for anybody. So let's get into it. All right, so let's hear it. on June 14th of 2015, the sheriff deputies in Greene County, Missouri, found the body of Claudine Blanchard. Um, she is also known as Dee Dee uh, Blanchard. She was the mother of Gypsy Rose. Um, she was found lying in a pool of blood from stab wounds inflicted um, days earlier. So she'd been laying there for quite some time. Um, and her daughter, Gypsy Rose, there was no sign of her. And it has it was known that Gypsy had multiple conditions, leukemia, asthma, and muscular dystrophy, along with some mental health conditions as well. So it was alarming that the daughter is missing. Um, the neighbors notified the police after a series of Facebook posts. And then a few days later... Um, not, I'm sorry, the very next day, Gypsy was located, um, and she was located in Wisconsin with her boyfriend, Nicholas Goad John. Um, I do not know if I'm pronouncing that correct, but that's the way I'm going to pronounce it because I don't know any better. Goad John, it's G-O-D-E-J-O-H-N. His first name is Nicholas. Um, it was soon learned that Gypsy, who was an adult, um, and was not ever, she never was suffering from any physical or mental health conditions, which oh, her I mom. Remember this now. Yeah, which her mom Dee Dee claimed all of Gypsy's life. She's that little girl that had that mm-hmm. old high pitched mousy and, voice, right? And, and that was the only thing that was actually the truth was the her voice was saying speaky like that. I thought that'd be the right. You would first think, thing she faked, right? Um, but it it looks that this um. This child was abused. Gypsy was. Um, And as a result, um, mom was murdered by the boyfriend, Nicholas Goatjohn. But let's go further into it. Um, Further investigations found that doctors who had examined Gypsy over the years um, had found no evidence of claimed illnesses. Um, And when a doctor wouldn't agree with Dee Dee, she would just move to a different physician. She'd just move on. Did this happen often, I would imagine? Oh, God, I think... Let's go over her, um, let's go over Gypsy's childhood. Um, according to Rod, Rod is Gypsy's uh, father. Okay. Um, he remained involved in his daughter's life at this point. Um, by the time that Gypsy was three months old, he reports, her mother was convinced that the infant had sleep apnea, and she had taken her to a hospital where repeated overnight stays with a sleep monitor and other tests were found, um, but no sign of the condition. Claudine subsequently became convinced that Gypsy had a wide range of health issues, um, which she attributed to an unspecified chromosomal disorder. Um, And I have no idea why she would think that. Um, So this girl had been her whole life from... From, it looks like, birth on. Three months, it's not that old. Um, at some point, her mother claimed that Gypsy had muscular dystrophy and made her use a walker. Oh, my. Um, Gypsy had stated that when she was seven or eight, she was riding on her grandfather's motorcycle when they were involved in a minor accident. She suffered some abrasions to her knee, um, but the mother stated the doctors had given her a wheelchair, um, which she would need to use. I'm pretty sure the doctors did not provide that. <laughs> Mom had provided that for sure. Um, you can get a wheelchair for a bump on your knee. Right. Um, we've all went 
had scraped knees growing up, learning to ride our bicycles, getting on the back of bicycles, getting on the back of motorcycles, um, climbing trees, you know, various <laughs> activities. My mom never put me in a little, wheelchair. <laughs> right? My mom said, suck it up, soldier. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Exactly. <laughs> right? You get blood on my carpet, Daryl. Stop it. Right? <laughs> Stop it. I just shampooed that. <laughs> that was our life. Okay. <laughs> Love you, mom. Love you. Um, Gypsy often went with her parents to Special Olympics Olympics events. In 2001, um, when Dee Dee claimed that Gypsy was 8 years old, she was actually 10. She was named Honorary Queen of the Crew of Mid-City, which is a child-oriented parade um, held during Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Um, Gypsy looks like she dropped out of school after the second grade, um, but it is believed as early as kindergarten where her mother homeschooled her after that, supposedly because her illnesses were so severe. This was later to believe in an attempt to isolate Gypsy to further her abuse. Um, Gypsy did manage to learn to read and write through her, um, through Harry Potter books and um, other books, um, but Harry Potter is named specifically. Um, I wonder well, if the school board ever got involved. Like, why did you get in I don't, school? No, I don't think anybody ever got involved. I think this was just believed. Our kids one this... minute late, like we get a notification. Right? Where is he? Right? While Gypsy's father, Rod, had remarried, Claudine moved in with her father and her stepmother. They would later claim that Claudine, when preparing food for her stepmother, poisoned it with round tree weed killer. And I, it wasn't known back then, but it's definitely known now that Roundup Reef Killer does cause cancer. Oh, yeah. Um, and this led to a chronic illness during this period. During the time, um, Claudine, she was arrested for several minor incidents, including writing bad checks. Um, and when she was regularly confronted about her treatment um, of Gypsy and expressed suspicion about her role in her stepmother's health, um, she left with Gypsy for the New Orleans suburb of Slidell. Her stepmother's health was reported to return to normal shortly afterwards. <laughs> so she is killing the right. poison in the stepmom for yeah. interfering. Right? Basically. So, yeah. In Slidell, she and Gypsy lived in public housing. They paid their bills with Rod's child support payments and public assistance um, that Claudine had been granted due to her daughter's supposed medical conditions. She's probably got disability. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Um, they spent most of their time visiting various specialists, mostly um, at Tulane Medical Center and Children's Hospital of New Orleans, seeking... Um, Treatment of the illnesses Claudine claimed Gypsy had, which she now had said included at this point hearing and vision problems. Um, if we see Gypsy now, we can note that she's not wearing glasses. No. Yeah. Um, while a muscle biopsy found no sign of the muscular dystrophy, um, Claudine insisted that she had it. She was successful in securing treatment for her daughter, daughter's other purported issues. Um, she told doctors that Gypsy had seizures every few months, that they prescribed anti-seizure medication. Several surgeries were performed on her. What? Yeah. During this time. And, and I used to have seizures when I was younger, and I know that they did a CT scan and all kinds of stuff to prove it. And I legit had seizures when I was younger. I don't have them now. I grew out of it, I guess. But um, 
to just give her anti-seizure medication. Because I know my, they had put me on phenobarbital. And I know my mom was like super scared to give that to me. Because she said it was very addicting. But it would help me seizures. So. Does it get you like. I don't remember. <sighs> I don't remember. I don't know. I never had seizures. I was, I was really young. I remember but the, the fact that they would give her these medications. With... Right? This blows my mind that these doctors were complicit in this. Yeah, I would definitely go money. back and start um, filing. Oh, I hope her dad went back at, at these doctors and filed some claims. I'm just saying with the medical board. that that's This is in, this story is insane. Um, several it went on for so on. long. Huh. Yeah. Several surgeries were performed. On, on Gypsy, um, Claudine regularly took Gypsy to the emergency room for minor ailments. Um, after Hurricane Katrina had devastated the area in August 2005, Claudine and Gypsy left her um, ruined apartment for a shelter in Coveting set up for individuals with special needs. Um, Claudine said that Gypsy's medical records, including her birth certificate, um, had been destroyed during a flood. Well, that's convenient. Right? How convenient is that? I wonder if she started the hurt. No, I'm just kidding. I know you can't do that. <laughs> Did she manipulate that into happening? Right? <clears throat> um, pop, probably. Like, wow. Don't think... Wow. Um, but she said they had been destroyed. A doctor from the Ozarks suggested they relocate to her native Missouri. And the very next month, they were airlifted out of there. Oh, my. Right? So here, get this. At first, Claudine and Gypsy lived in a rented home in Aurora um, in the southwestern area of the state. During that time, Gypsy was honored by the Olay Foundation, which advocates for the rights of feed and tube recipients. Yes, you heard that correct. She feed had, and tube? She had this young baby on a feed and tube and convinced a doctor somehow, some way, that this needed crap. to be done. That's unbelievable. Now, I remember when I was younger... My younger brother, Paul, he would not eat. Um, and at no point, and he would lose weight. And my mom, you know, constantly had him at the doctor's. But at no point did anybody ever offer a feeding tube. <laughs> what? He That's finally, insanity. Right? She finally, you know, I, I guess finally, I, maybe I should ask her, but I guess finally, you know, we started... She found things that he he was just really picky about it. And then he would start to gain weight. But I remember this going on. But I know he definitely didn't have a feeding tube. Um, I know that, you know, she had to deal, my mom had to deal with a nutritionist. Um, um, And he was a young baby. So this is just nuts Just because he was picky. (laughs) Right. But no feeding tube. No feeding tubes. There were no feeding tubes. Um, um, At first, you know. Let's see, and they had a feeding tube. Um, and in 2008, Habitat for Humanity built them a small home with a wheelchair ramp and a hot tub as part of a larger project. They um, got a some, free house, they too? They got a free house. The oh, story of the single mother with a severely disabled daughter forced to flee Katrina's devastation received considerable local media attention and um, community often pitched in to help the woman who now went by Claudinia Blanchardy. <laughs> I guess she changed her name. Who <laughs> well, made, she had to sound more French. Right, I guess. Um, and whom they knew as Dee Dee. The outpouring of support included many charitable contributions in Louisiana. Mother and daughter had most available 
themselves to occasional stays in the Ronald McDonald's house during medical appointments in Missouri. They receive free flights. Um, they would see doctors at Children Mercy Hospital in Kansas, free trips to D- Disney World, and backstage passes to Miranda Lambert concerts. What? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go kneecap one of the kids and see if we can get some of this stuff. Right? Where she was frequently photographed with the singer um, via the Make of the Wish Foundation. Like, how do you fold this many people? I, I, do, I don't know. How do you even keep your your nerve up to do it? Right? Like, this um, is getting out of control. Rod and his second wife, Rod, again, is Gypsy's dad, and his second wife um, regularly hoped to get to Springville and visit, but for a variety of reasons, Dee Dee would always change plans. Um, she told her neighbors in Springfield that Gypsy's, Rose's father, was abusive, drug addict, and alcoholic, who had never come to terms with his daughter's health issues and never sent them any money. Wow. Um, meanwhile, it is reported and documented that he was paying $1,200 a month for child support wow. um, her entire life. Um, yes. I'm dumbfounded by this story. Right. But she's not the reason that I did this story. The reason that I wanted to do this story is because I wanted to talk about Nicholas Gojon, um, the boyfriend of Gypsy. Okay. Um. We know that ultimately Gypsy was sentenced to 10 years for second-degree murder. Um, her attorneys were able to secure a very sweet plea bargain for her. Of course. Um, so she was sentenced to 10 years. I was initially really upset that she even went to prison. Um, but there do need to be consequences. And she was raised by the, the manipulator of the manipulators. She's the mastermind of this. Right. Right. She's definitely the mastermind of this. Um, but she was still abused. Do you think for a second her mom would have, would it, wouldn't take her out? Oh, no. What I, was what, what was the end game for Dee Dee? What was the end game? Life insurance policy. I don't right? know. Something. What was the end game? And then when... when we'll when, never know. Right. Because the end well, game did end in her favor. I'm glad we'll never know. I'm very glad we'll never know. Um... But going back to Nicholas Gojon, um, he faced severe charges. Um, he faced first-degree murder um, because the prosecutors, they insisted that he initiated this murder plot. Um, I personally find that very hard to believe. He in. initiated it? Right, that's what they're saying. Um, we're going to learn that that actually was not true. They still put him on trial because, you know, sometimes prosecutors are... Not worth anything. And this prosecutor, this Dan Patterson, he just didn't care about anything. He was just like, somebody's got to pay for this abusive lady's murder. No. These children need some help. No. But here is the kicker to Nicholas Gojon. He is has been diagnosed with um, autism, and he is on the spectrum. Oh. We have a child that is autistic. We do. We could very easily see him being manipulated in a situation like this. Easily. Mm-hmm. She should have got the bigger sentence than right. him. She was the one that manipulated him. Neither one of them should have got a huge... No. Yes, consequences. Say, yes. No. This they should have got the same Did you sentence. not hear everything that I just read to you? I did hear it, but she manipulated him. He was the weak Where did mon- she learn that from? Her mother. Okay. Well, let's go back to him because... She's going to get to live a normal, regular life. And I'm very happy for her. 
I'm very happy for her that she's going to get to get the help that she needs and she's not going to have to. She was quoted as saying something to the sort that being in prison was the safest she had ever felt. That's sad. That is sad. But that poor child went through hell, went through hell because of this crazy, crazy ass person. But she put this autistic boy through hell too. Maybe she didn't know any other way. Okay, so, but let's go back to him. So Gypsy did testify at his trial on the third day, on the third day of a four-day trial. She did testify. Um, and she stated that she did suggest to Nicholas that he kill her mother to end the abuse she had been enduring her whole life. Um, they did have an alternative plan. They did consider getting Gypsy pregnant to force her mom to accept Nicholas into her life mm-hmm. um, in hopes that she would have a normal life. But she knew that that would not work. Um, but so Gypsy, she did the right thing there. She testified at his trial, um, and she said, this is what it is. Um, so, so far we have Gypsy stating, you know, yes, I initiated it. I suggested it. And then we also have that Nicholas is on the spectrum. He's autistic. Um, so the jury, they took all that information that they learned, um, and they deliberated for a whole two hours. Wow. That's, uh, our jury system, not only our justice system, but our jury system. Are you kidding me right now? Two hours? That That's what, that's really? It was laid out for y'all. Everything was laid out for y'all. And that's not the best part. The best part is that the jury had options. Because again, I'm not against consequences. He did kill a person. He does need to know that this is not okay. He did. But he needs to he needs special treatment as well, okay. Um, but there were three options for them to choose one uh, from. That was involuntary manslaughter, second degree murder, and first degree murder. So after two whole hours, that jury comes out and um, they come back with a verdict of guilty of first degree murder and armed criminal action. Insane. Yeah. So in February of twenty nineteen, Nicholas was sentenced to life. In prison without the chance of parole. Did I mention the two hours of jury deliberations? (laughs) So they decided this boy's life in Mm -hmm. two hours. That jury, that jury is, is 12 people that are pieces of shit. I don't care if some of them were like, well, you know, maybe he's not. But you clearly allowed some stronger voices to be the voice for you. So fuck all of you. Um... There is a change. There is a petition on change.org to get this um, petition or for, to get his sentence lower. As it should be. As it should be. Um, they deliberated two hours. I, I, I got people at work to take longer one hour lunch breaks than two hours. If you, right? If you, right? <laughs> That's disgusting. I said that right. <laughs> the jury system in this country sucks. If you ever get called for jury duty, you take that stuff seriously. I don't care if it's civil or criminal. You I have people want le- to be selected society. for jury duty. I know you do, baby. I know. I was put on this earth to judge people. But I've never go- been selected. <laughs> you were put on this earth for it. If you go I'm judging to- you right now. <laughs> they do have a petition on change.org. Um, they're looking for 10,000 signatures. They are almost there. Um, go there and sign that petition for him. Um, there are comments on here as well. Um, here's one from a mental health professional. She's like, this case breaks my heart. Gypsy endured a lifetime of neglect and Nick with mental ailments. If his ailments 
are equal to what the documentaries that are out on TV portray. Um, He should have been sent to a facility, not a prison. Um, Gypsy as well. This was an act of desperation on both people. Period. Fuck that jury. Um, The sentence is unfair. Um, Yes, Gypsy took advantage of him, but... She did. In defense of her... What the, what the hell does she know about autism? That's all she... She was taught to take advantage and manipulate. That's, that's all, all she she's ever known. Knew in her whole life was to take advantage of people. That's all she's known. Both of these young kids' lives are just... This was unfair. So, Gypsy, she gets a chance to get out and have a life and get married and have children hopefully one day and put this all behind her. But what has Nicholas got? He was thrown away. By a jury that deliberated for two hours. As society, it is our job and our duty to look out for one another. And this is not okay and this is unacceptable. And two hours, that's insane. Two hours. She'll be eligible for parole in 2024, by the way. I just looked that up. Oh, wow. I didn't look it up because that wasn't the reason I did the story was because of him. Um, because I know she has a great support system behind her and that's awesome. But what about Nicholas? Why was he thrown away? Life without. Why was he thrown away? I'd, I'd love to know the answer to that. I don't understand because this lady was villainized. Someone, I don't know, usually it's when a good person gets killed, someone has to pay the price. But. For this lady, for all the horrible stuff she did, the manipulation and the money she that was she was trying to kill her stepmother for crying out loud. Her stepmother was bond getting in the way. She had because plans. she was because they seen what she was doing to the baby, to Gypsy. So That's she took that baby and she left. She never what, stayed in one place to let people know very long. But what Gypsy did to him was not, wasn't right either. How is she supposed to know that? Neither one of their brains are fully developed at this point when this happens. They both need mental help. Yes, period. But Gypsy gets that chance. And Nicholas was thrown away. Because that jury decided they only had two hours to deliberate. Fuck that jury. That's insane. That pisses me off. But thank you everyone for episode... Three, we thank you for listening. Please share with your friends. And, then, and until next time, I'm Rachel. I'm Daryl. Have a great evening. Bye. Bye.